Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today, on this episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, we are talking about the conversation of how should a Christian respond to the world around him or her, with specifically honing in on the idea of being in the world, but not of the world, and asking the specific question, is this actually the correct mindset to have? Let's go. Thank you for joining us at Real Talk Christian, a place where real Christians talk about real issues impacting the community and the world as it pertains to Christians. Now here are your hosts, Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. Welcome back for another exciting adventure with Chris and Mark. Hey, What's Mark, up, Fuller? Nothing I almost cut, I cut you off there a little bit. Did I you? apologize. Oh, Can you, man. Father, forgive me for I have sinned. All right. Say five Hail Marys and ten Our Fathers. <laughs> yeah, we're in trouble now. <laughs> Goodness, dude, we made it through two episodes. Dude, episode number three is going to be epic. Epic. Why is it going to be epic, Fuller? Well, because today we're talking about being in the world, but not of the world. That's a pretty uh, deep topic that we can dive into. Yeah, so... So jumping in, though, because some people might not fully understand this phrase, but let's be honest, this is a very Christianese oh, it's, term. Oh, yeah. That if you're not a Christian, you have no idea oh, what this oh, term yeah. is even talking about. Heck, I've been a Christian for a while now, and I still don't even fully understand it, but we're going to talk <laughs> about it try. today. We're going to try to understand it. First, right, but first, before we get Uh-oh. into it, what kind of coffee are we drinking today? Dude, okay, so I'm, I'm glad you asked, Chris Fuller. Okay, so there is a coffee shop up in Montague, Michigan. Right outside, it's about three hours north of here, uh, here being South Bend. And this coffee shop and I have have a long relationship. So we were up there again this past weekend, hanging out with the family, and I walked in the coffee shop. I'm like, you know what? This needs to come back to South Bend because Fuller needs to try some of this stuff on Real Talk. It's good. It's smooth. What what, what are your initial thoughts, Chris? Um, Well, seeing as how I've already drank a cup and a half, I would say it's pretty good. Bro, we've been here for like two minutes. Yeah, it hasn't even been that long, but yeah, (laughs) I've already filled my cup once. Well, I mean, we got about what another. Uh, we got another. You're not getting any more coffee. Let's just put it that way. But bro, I just started. I'm gonna take the rest of the pot. Either way, we're caffeinated. Let's do it. Let's have a conversation. All right. So jumping into the question of being in the world but not of it, the first question we got to ask is where does this quote even come from? Well, I think uh, I think it comes from a couple places, but I'll go ahead and share one. And Mark, if you have a, another one you want to share, that'd be great. You bet. So. The the place where it comes from is uh, one of the places is uh, John eighteen thirty six. For those of you who are Bible enthusiasts and want to open your Bible and read it, for those of you who don't, I'll go ahead and read it to you. It says, "And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm." And that's the uh, New American Standard Bible, by the way. The NASB. The NASB. The NASB. And that was John what? That was John 1836. 1836. So this is actually fun because Jesus mentions it another time mm-hmm. in the chapter before. Now, this is all part of the 
right before this was this was the eve of Jesus's crucifixion right, when he was exactly. talking about this. Yep. So um, when you back up a little bit, even with John 17, you find Jesus's prayer right. for for his disciples. Um, where it talks about them. Uh, Jesus is praying to God the Father in John 17, 14 through 19. It says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask you to take them out of this world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Mm, yeah. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, and they also may be sanctified in truth. Wow. So, so I mean, this, this conversation of being in the world but not of the world isn't just something that Christians just kind of, you know, did a tagline back in the fundy days. But for, for fundy days, in the case people don't days. know, or the wow. independent <laughs> fundamentals back in the— uh, Dude, I have a whole book on the. Wow. It's called the Pursuit of Purity, and it is a. It's actually a pretty pretty dope read. I've never heard of the the word fundy before. But fundy? That's good. Oh well, I grew up in it. So I grew up in independent <laughs> fundamental. It's 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 the strain of Christianity, specifically Baptists, where the actually original fundamentalism started with uh, Presbyterians. Fun wow. fact. Hmm. But it's the idea of um, we are trying to get back to the basic tenets of the faith. Right. And there was five fundamentals that all Christians need to believe. And it kind of went in line with like the Nicene Creed, Apostles Creed, mm-hmm. kind of stuff right. like that. But then it turned into a movement of bubble Christianity where you had to look a certain way, dress a certain way, have your hair cut a certain way, your skirt had to be the exact certain length, your shoes had to be a certain way. You can't have, you, you can't wear blue jeans, can't have a, you can have a mustache. I don't know why you can have a mustache, but not a, actual beard except for the fact that's what the hippies did so it became a movement where anything that looked worldly whether it was worldly or not according to biblical standards they said we don't want to be associated with the world right at all they want to be set apart exactly so so for for chris and i i mean we kind of went back to this episode one um we both kind of grew up in a very conservative oh yeah christianity culture definitely so for us we heard this phrase I mean, I heard it almost every week in oh, youth group. It was a lot. It was it was kind of the calling card. Yeah. So so was, jumping into to this phrase, um, that's that's kind of where it comes from is is from the Bible. I'm trying to think of the transition into the conversation to have, except for the fact of what are your thoughts on this phrase and what does it mean for a Christian to be not in the world or be in the world but not of it? Yeah, that's a that's a fairly difficult but easy question at the same time. So being in the world, obviously. Uh, we're here, um, but this world isn't our home. We're just a passing through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what does that mean uh, as it pertains to Christians? Uh, we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors for Jesus. It's like being in another country. We don't belong to that country. No. Uh, we're just there as representatives. And so uh, with that in mind, uh, we should represent our country well which is our, you know, heaven with Christ. That's who we're the ambassador for. Uh, that's why he calls us to be holy as he is holy um, and set apart. So Right, so it's kind of the whole conversation of, I mean, it, it's kind of like us as Americans, you know, we, we are, our, our country's having a hard time right now with yeah. figuring out what's patriotism versus what's racism versus what's white supremacy. And that's a, that's a conversation for another podcast. Ooh. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I watch, oh, we, we talked about this, Madam Secretary. Yeah. You see Madam Secretary interacting with ambassadors from other countries. Right. You got the one from China. You, the, every the time Russian an issue comes up, she's yeah, always, oh yeah. she always tells her staff, right. go get the ambassador of 
whatever country, whatever country to come talk with me. And they are not expected to act like Americans. They're not expected to look out for the interest of America. They're called to look for the interest of their own countries. Mm -hmm. And that's what the ambassador actually does. I mean, I think it it, it goes to a different conversation though with Christians, because at the end of the day, I mean, we can't be so against the world that we just want to watch it explode because obviously God loved the world and sent his son to die for it. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, you, you got to become a Roman to, to win a Roman kind of thing. You can't be so set apart and standoffish that you're like, I'm better than you because I'm a Christian and I'm just an ambassador to this world. That's not the right attitude to have. So so let's jump into that little segment of, of what you mentioned and bounce off what you said. Because the Apostle Paul said, and I don't remember what passage it says, but um, he will become anything so that he might win some. Whether to a Jew to a Jew, a Gentile to a Gentile, he will engage in whatever whoever he's talking with in order that he might win some so how does a christian in today's world going off what you said you know to 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 win a roman be a roman how do you how do you deal with that tension that struggle between you're a christian you're called to be separate you're called to be holy but at the same time we're sent into the world right well just like we're set into the world um i can i can hear my conservative peeps out there going well what are you trying to say does that mean that you can go out and, and sin just like the world and go out and, oh, and, and drink and, and d- yeah do whatever you want <laughs> well no scripture clearly says that uh you know i'm saved by grace but should i go out and continue to sin god forbid uh just because we're in the world we're ambassadors to the world we're trying to become a roman to win a roman uh doesn't necessarily mean we disobey the uh, holy structure set up to us from God. Mm, definitely, definitely. So, so let me ask you this because I'm gonna have some fun with this. Do you like that term as a Christian supposed to be in the world but not of the world? Oh, I definitely do not. No, <laughs> but, but that's just because of my background. Uh, it was it was used more as a weapon. It was weaponized mm, scripture. Okay, and so to me, I'm a little standoffish to that that phrase even though it's scriptural i can't argue with that it just to me um i like the term ambassadors of christ better that's just me Mm, because it gives you more of a what your role is rather than what you're not supposed to be like this is funny so we uh we had this conversation with the teenagers uh i don't know maybe back in february or march or something like that and i actually told them their their eyes lit up like Christmas trees when mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, just so you know, you know that phrase be not uh, you know you're you're supposed to be in the world but not of the world." They're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I hate that phrase," and they all were like, "What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> and and I should say this: I don't want to say I hate the phrase because we read two scriptures where mm-hmm. we read that Jesus is this isn't he, this isn't his kingdom. Right, exactly. I mean, he came into to revolutionize the world and and, and to redeem the world right. and to fix the world. So obviously, the world itself isn't good. Um, but the, the phrase that I like to flip, and I didn't get this, this, this isn't original with Mark. This is, um, a writer, a desiring God, you know, John Piper's blog right, and yep. whatnot. Um, and he said, rather than have the mindset of in the world, not of the world, he said, you're already not of the world, but you're sent into the world. Mm, yeah. and, and that's what Jesus's prayer to his disciples was, was, you know, back at John 17, he said, I pray that you don't take the disciples out. But the problem is, is a lot of Christians want to take their disciples out, their kids out, themselves out. Like growing up in Northwest Indiana, um, there was a church specifically that was known as the fundy capital of the world. And my dad went to undergrad there. My parents went to church there. Mm. 
um, back in Hammond, Ham, not Hammond, 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 Indiana. And they wanted to keep the bat out so bad that they created their own baseball league, and you could not play in this league as a kid unless you were a member of this hmm. church. Wow. They, um, for their sports, they, they created a high school, which the high school I went to was founded the exact same way. Right. They looked at their kids and were like, it wasn't a, oh, we want to give them a good Christian foundation mm-hmm. to be good Christians. It was literally, we don't trust the world. The world's just going to make them dirty corrupt. So let's shelter these kids from the world so mm-hmm. much so that they can't even interact. So that's why for Christian schools, they have these Christians like basketball leagues. Right. I mean, with, with us at, at community, we would play some public schools in the area, but mainly it was Christian schools. I mean, some of it was because our talent couldn't compete with Riley high school basketball. Right. <laughs> We'd right. get steamrolled. But if the public school was bad enough, we would play the public school. Mm-hmm. Um, but p- so many people, you know, want to be this separatistic culture in terms of we we don't like the world. We don't want to be of the world. So therefore we're going to create this bubble. We're going to separate ourselves. We're not going to be part of this world, which causes so many problems and issues. And and it creates this mental space, in my opinion, where rather than a, um, as Christians, we want to go out and be the salt and light. It turns into a us versus them culture and us versus them mentality. Mm -hmm. We're all of a sudden now we're, we hate the world that God claimed he loved. Well, yeah, I mean, Scripture's very clear of that we're called to go out into the world and make disciples. How can you do that if you're so sheltered and so closed off that you're never out in the world? You know, I, I get there's a fine line between protecting the youth in the church and uh, doing what Christ commanded us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the the children are just as effective ministers. <laughs> As adults are, if honest, not more. Probably better. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, you know, I get that parents want to protect, and you should protect your kids, but uh, to protect them for, from going out into the world, not to experience the worldly things, but to be those, again, ambassadors to the world. Right, right, definitely. So um, we, we had this conversation, dude, like a year ago at Starbucks, where right. it was like, because we even had a different approach to student ministry of mm-hmm. how do we view teenagers? Because some people, you know, I, I've read so many books of different ways to do youth ministry where right. some people are like, teenagers, they're already missionaries, just send them in and let them go. And then there's some people where it's like, mm, they're still in boot camp, mm-hmm. like they're, they're still training. Um, so I guess my question then for you, though, is is how do we set up the next generation to have this understanding where Yes, they're missionaries, but you got to understand where your base is. Well, you have to, you, you got to kind of be their backup. You know, it's even in basic boot camp training, uh, they're going to take you out on the rifle range and, and let you shoot a gun. You may not be shooting at somebody, but they're going to get you out there to do some target practice. And let's so, be honest, your eyes might be closed when you take your first shot. Well, probably. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, I again, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it was me that had that opinion of, Teens are like in a the boot camp basic training right, yep. phase. They're not out fighting the war. Right, and I'm in the they're fighting the war category. Right, yeah. Yeah, we're difference of opinion. That's okay. Uh, is but, it though? <laughs> is it though? Well, you know. So <laughs> I I think that uh, from my point of view, and I'll let you speak to your point of view here in a second. Yep, oh, go ahead. A, as being in basic training, uh, we don't put them out in the thick of, of the world to – be attacked from all sides when they're not fully equipped to deal with it. Uh, they still have a lot to learn, but, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to let them go out with you as backup either, you know, close to your phone, 
you know, they tell you, hey, I'm going out to talk to these people and to witness these people. Could you just be by your phone in case I have any questions um, that you can help direct me to direct them? You know, that that's right kind of the philosophy I'm in. When I call it basic training, uh, I'm not saying, I'm not throwing a blanket statement out there and saying that all teens under the age of 18, none of them are fully <laughs> Until equipped. you are a legal adult, yeah. you cannot talk you're, about Jesus in you're, the You're not place. fully equipped to deal with this on your own, you know. I'm and just we saying, just lost half our viewers. I'm just saying that uh, the cerebral cortex in women is not fully developed till 25 and in men till 30. Science. Oh, did they, did they, they up the age? Up to, up to oh, 30 I thought now. dudes it was 25. No, it's up to 30 now. And so because of that. Uh, oh, that makes sense why I'm still it, stupid. <laughs> it may be a little bit more difficult uh, with some harder questions, especially uh, running into people who are just as passionate mm. but belong to another religion. Yep. Um, they may not have the training uh, in or the studying time in those certain topics to be able to handle them adequately. Right. Uh, and so that's where a person who's got more experience, an elder, uh, would have a little bit more understanding and knowledge base behind that, maybe a little bit more wisdom of when to push forward and when to pull back right? Uh, to deal with the situation uh, in an adequate manner. No, definitely. And um, and, and on the flip side, I mean, we, we still approach student ministry the same and how we mm-hmm. teach the teens. I right. mean, you've been teaching them for the last few weeks and, yeah. um, our styles are definitely different, but yeah, you're better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be real about no, that. No, I don't, I don't think so, man. <laughs> the, the teens love you, but, um, I just show up with donuts and that's why they love me. <laughs> well, but, I would love you but too. But see, here's the problem. I show up with like, not the good donuts in their opinion. Like I show up you with like the ga- off-brand like donuts the, the and the gas off-brand. station donuts? No, no, they're not gas station. They just ain't the fresh stuff from Martin's. Mm. You know, the, the good stuff. Oh, dude, Martin's donuts. I'm sorry for all you listeners who don't know what Martin's is. You guys are missing out. Neil's to say, I'd rather go to Martin's than Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, any day. Krispy Kreme either. I'd rather go to Martin's than Krispy Kreme. There is not a donut shop or a donut I have eaten. That compares Ooh. to a Martin. Actually, I've had one in Kansas City that was phenomenal. See, oh my goodness! We're gonna have to make a trip to Kansas City and buy a donut, and then come back and get a Martin's dude, donut. Dude, and try dude, them dude, side dude. By Real side. talk podcast on location. <laughs> let's just take a one mic, stick it between us, and let's just travel the world. Let, I don't. Let's just get on a bus. I don't know if our families would like that too much. No, where it's like, where are you guys going? Uh, we're gonna record a podcast that's, in every major. That's city why we in get America. an RV and we just travel the nation with the families. See, problem solved. And let's be honest. I mean. Piper would not mind some Marky Mark time 24 oh, 7. So. And, and Elliot? Oh, come on. Yeah, they're like best friends. <laughs> My goodness. But apparently he like hugged you for the first time in like Dude, three the years. The first two time. Years. Yeah. Two, two, well, it's, it's been almost three years we've been hanging out. Yeah. First time last night at his birthday party for our small group. Whoop, whoop. He was like, I'll give you a hug. I and mean, I got like three hugs in a row, and I'm like, well, what? <laughs> Apparently, Chris Fuller is the master gift giver, which you did look like Santa Claus for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, well with that with that one app. That, that, that the face Russians app. Jack, yeah, the, the, the Russians face jacked app. the face. <laughs> Santa Claus, I'm, I'm pretty jolly. <laughs> I, the, dude, there is no segue. No, that, that, <laughs> no, that but was so, a big rabbit trail. So back into to student ministries, how do we how do we interact with teenagers in the culture? Yeah. And for us as parents and and people who are trying to raise up the next generation, mm-hmm. I'm more the the sign where, um, you don't really know what you know until you have to start explaining it or teaching it. Yeah. Um. So I have you know I'm I'm trying to work with these student leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have a student leadership team program that, that in SM that we just started last year. We're kicking it off again here, <coughs> Sunday actually. Oh, kicking, off, kicking off SLT this Sunday. Wow. Um, and part of what they have to do is mm, last year, about half of them actually taught. Like oh, really? they prepared oh, a lesson. They, 
They did all the work. They would sit with me. They would do more work. They would bring it back to me, and then they would have to deliver it. And they but, were able to, like, they, they, they're like, I studied the Bible a lot more when I actually had to talk about it. Yeah. And so, so for me, a lot of my kids are in public schools. Now, my guy's in Elliot to public school. Well, I mean, he's only four, so we'll figure that out when we, <laughs> when we get there. Um, probably not, but we'll see. Um, but, but either way, it's more the fact of, you know, when they start hitting that high school age, yeah. in, in my opinion, they need to be challenged. They need to be pushed because mm-hmm. so many high schoolers just sit on their butt and they're like, oh yeah, I love Jesus. Well, why do you love Jesus? Because the Bible tells me so. Like that's that's their answer. Like they're not Jesus actually me this I know. able to get in these conversations. So I'm actually mentoring a couple teens right now who mm-hmm. actually are having these real life conversations. Yeah. And, and like you said, like they'll text me and they're like, uh, Mark, this person just asked me this question. I have no idea what to even say. And well, then it's like, okay, it, here's some resources to read or a podcast to listen to, or let's 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 you know come to church Sunday. We'll stay after a little later. Let's just talk about it. Well, and it reminds me of a conversation we had last year with Cassidy um, when the hey, Cassidy. Sub- when the subject of evolution got brought up. Mm. Remember that conversation yeah. that we had right after church? Yep. I, and and she wasn't equipped to deal with that subject and that's what i'm i'm kind of right they haven't had enough life experience and um study time because they're only 18 or younger right they just there's not enough time to fully grasp it and Mm -hmm. i I understand that the bible is so simple a child can understand and so complex even the greatest minds will never fully understand right i I understand that i thought that's a tweetable one uh, right there yeah (laughs) that somebody so uh I'm not saying that it's not a good thing to challenge them and and to get them out and doing stuff. I'm just saying be there as a resource. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm – that's where my basic training is coming at. Right, right. No, I I like the basic training idea because that actually kind of changed how I did a certain Mm -hmm. couple of aspects where it's like, okay, if I view it in terms of training or a basic training – how I teach will look different. Right. And and so that's why we started doing, I mean, we've always had it, but we had an uncensored series where, hey, what are conversations the church doesn't like to talk about? Great, we're going to talk about them. Yeah, in youth group. Exactly. And then this past year, we did Real Talk, and we were talking about every issue that makes a teenager squirm and mm-hmm. make Christians squirm, and we made people talk about it. Right. And we had no timeline on the series. We were just, let's, let's just have some real conversations about things that are going on kind of like this. Um, but the thing that I like about sending teenagers out specifically, and this is something that we have to think of, is teens like to they like to be challenged. They, yeah. they want that push. They want that opportunity to do it. And when you look at statistics of when people come to the faith, the older people get, the more likely they are to not actually turn to Christianity. Right. So, so going back into the original conversation then is how do we as Christians actually impact our culture? Right. Because that's what Southside's all about, impacting our world for Christ one life at a time. Right. So Chris Fuller, you're going to tell us the game plan, the blueprint, the roadmap, the target. How does a Christian impact our culture? I think for good, not for bad, because we're very good at that, but for good. (laughs) I mean, I think you're doing it. If you're a Christian and you're, you're really following God, I think you're doing it right now. I think in your workplace, how you act, I talked to the teens uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, being the salt of the earth. We talked a lot about Matthew 16, 5, 16. Yep. Matthew five. And uh, what does that look like? Well, it's not, uh, there's a, there's a scripture that Matthew five sixteen that says that let your light so shine before men that they may see you good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And did I use that scripture? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We, we all have our favorite Dude, that's, scriptures. Okay. We, we all have our I'm just going to say that's been my life verse since college. I- impacting your, your world doesn't mean that you go out and you say, 
Hi, Mark. I'm Chris. You need Jesus. And this is why you need Jesus, because you're doing this, 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 this. this. And make sure you pull the Bible out of your back pocket. Yeah. Whap! Across the head. All that, that's going to do is make that person close off and walk away and be like, this is another loony. They're just as bad as the, the extreme Muslims or extreme whatever other religion you want to throw into yep. it. It's gonna. That's what it's going to do. That's not what that scripture, Matthew 5, 16, is talking about. It says, let your light so shine before men. It doesn't say mm. shine at men. It says shine before men. So the goal isn't to shine at the light in people's face. The, the goal is to live like Christ, live like that ambassador so much that people go, hey, I want to become a citizen of that kingdom. Mm, there you go. I like that. And, and this is a quote that actually goes right with what you were saying from David Mathis. It says, Jesus' true followers have not only been crucified to the world, but also raised to a new life and sent back in to now free others. Mm, yeah. We've been rescued from the darkness and given the light, which it's even capital L, mm. so you know the light Jesus, not merely to flee the darkness but to guide our steps as we go back in to rescue others hmm. um anyway, so, so well, we'll we'll link that that article in the show notes that's what this world is though if you think about it this world is a burning building it's going to be destroyed mm. how long the fire is going to last nobody knows right but christians are like firefighters our job is to get in and get people out right not for our sake but for their sake so let me ask you this question then and this is this is where christians argue is our job as Christians only to go in and let's, let's make sure we say this. We can't save anybody. We, right. we all agree no, to that. Right. I mean, I actually hate the term soul winning because yeah. I've never won a soul. I've just never. pointed people to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit or, do hey, its work. Guess, guess who I helped get saved today. And it's like, no, you didn't do you anything. Didn't do nothing. <laughs> you, you literally pointed the way to Jesus. All and you did you was said, open up God's written letter and say, here, read this letter. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's basically I mean, that's, what that's you're doing. It. But so, so but back to the conversation. Um, some people have the view of the world of it's. it's I, I like the burning building picture. I never thought of it that way. Um, where some people believe as Christians, our job is to just go in, rescue people, pull them out, and that's that's the only thing. And then there's other people on the flip side who's like, no, our job isn't to go rescue people. It's to put the fire out. Because if we put the fire out in the building, we have now more chances, more opportunities to then have these conversations with people, and we also preserve the house at the same time. So how do we are more so? What's your what's your take? What's your view on that? So here's my argument with that. Uh oh, you're, you're I like your it. eyes. I see the <laughs> eyes. My argument. This with is the, my struggle every day, man. I don't have the. I don't have the. My argument the with answer. that is this world, it will pass away. Hmm. When we don't know. So rather than worrying about this world, worry about the people in it. Uh, that there's going to be people in it that uh, young young people coming from good homes they find Jesus. And I say find Jesus, not that we help them. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. we'll do what we can, but it's all about God and preparing their heart. But you, 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 Jesus gets a hold of their heart. They've got no um, injuries if you're back in that firefighter mentality. Right, yep. Um, and then there's going to be see, some people severely burned and, and a lot of injuries and hurts in, from their past, baggage that they've carried on through their, their life or uh, stuff they're going through right now that we as – "Quote unquote firefighters, <laughs> right? Yep. We are now putting off our firefighters hat and becoming the EMT and helping take care of mm, and, okay. and bandage those wounds and take care of those. It's this John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. He's not the world is not the physical world. He's talking about. He's talking about the people in the world that he the gave. His, he gave his only forgotten begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Mm. And that's what it's about. It's not about preserving." 
America, preserving Great Britain. It's not about any of that, though we're supposed to and we're called to pray for our government. Mm -hmm. And God has Romans 8. Right. And then Romans 13 talks about how that the people that God has placed to govern over us Mm -hmm. have been ordained by him. Uh, So we should definitely... Um, and let's just make sure people know that's not because of Republicans in office. No. Because the Apostle Paul wrote that when Nero was right. ruling Rome well, and burning Christians. Yeah, exactly. And Jesus himself said, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Right. I mean, there's there's constantly different things that show that, hey, you should respect the government ordained by God over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it our world to be like, hey, I'm a Republican or I'm a de- Democrat or I'm an independent and I'm going to do this and, and change America? Well... Again, it's about being that light. Right. We don't have to force things. When we are those things, because Christ has made us those things, things will change. We have to pray. We're called to pray for our land. I think it was Jeremiah that talked about praying for his land. Uh, what was that scripture now? I've lost it. Telling them where if those people who are humble. Right. Which that was for Israel. Let's, let's, right. let's make sure we right. tag that. Right. So, But if they, if they humble themselves and pray... Uh, God will heal their land. That's what I mean. It's all about. We should never stop praying. But uh, I think our calling is to be those firefighters. And and let's be real. We know we're not the firefighters. It's Jesus is the firefighter. That right. we're just, but but we are given the. I mean, we're, we're the we guy. Can't be lazy Christians. We're no, we're the go guy out into. We're the, the guy uh, helping Jesus carry out the stretchers. Is what we are. Right. Yeah. No. No. We think we're putting out the fire, but in reality, we're <laughs> we're no better than a Dalmatian that's chilling on the truck. Yeah. We're like a squirrel trying to pee on it, so it's just not going to work. <laughs> you you can cut that out if you want, Mark. No, 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 no. This is unedited. We are going to put that in the the excerpt on Instagram. Hey, Chris, what's your opinion on this? We're just we're just a squirrel peeing on a fire. That's that's all. That's we all are. we are. This this world is going to burn. It so, just is. So let me ask you this then. Again, I mean, this, this is opinion time too, because this is the struggle with Christianity. With how much engagement in the world should we actually do? Um, so my question is, is should we focus on any humanitarian projects, like actually helping the homeless, actually making our city a prettier place, going out, cleaning the park, cleaning the oceans? Should Christians participate in those activities or only focus on so what did the early church do, Mark? They started hospitals. They started schools. They took in orphans and widows. Yeah, they took and, care of the people. Right. They took care of people, whatever way, whether it's, you know, building a house for Habitat Humanity or whatever, you know, somebody in need, we help them. That's what we're called mm-hmm. to do. We're called to be good stewards. None right. of the stuff we own or have or can do are ours. They're all gifts that God has given to us that we should be giving Be as stewards to, to right. give to others. Um, reason why I ask that is on a, for church, this is something that we don't actually talk about that much mm-hmm. is our core values of Southside. Uh, we have 10 core values. They, they're listed on our website. But Blow them at me. Uh, well, I won't read all of them. Um, give me the good ones. Well, I'm going to give you one. How about that? How about two? Two? Okay. Uh, thou shalt love Mark at all times. That's value one. That's an easy one. <laughs> no, but, um, I mean the first value, I think this is cool and is we value family. Like that's just yeah. core value one. Right. Core value one, we value family. Um, that's a fun one. Number two is we value the Bible as the word of God and our foundation for life. Um, Number three, we value every person's needs. I guess I'll read them all. We value every person's need to know Christ and accept our responsibility. Here's the kicker, to share him. So our responsibility isn't to win people. It's just to share Jesus and the good news and the gospel. Number four is we value gathering together to encourage one another in Christ. Number five is we value God as the one 
Oh, sorry. We value God as the only one worthy of our worship. Uh, I'm going to skip number six because that's the one I want to hone in on. Number seven is we value discovering and utilizing our God-given gifts and talents to further the kingdom. Right. Number eight, we value doing all to the glory of God in every aspect of our lives. Number nine, we value the spiritual development of believers through discipleship, and which is actually our church's thing was one-on-one discipleship for yeah. years. Um, number 10 is we value the power of prayer corporately and individually. But number six, this is a, a core value that a lot of Christians, I think, are scared to do, especially because, especially the conservative ones that are very, you know, the, live in the American dream. It mm-hmm. says we value meeting people's needs in order to help them grow in Christ. And so I think, you know, it's, it's that struggle between there's, there's the, the two movements in the church. And I think we made the church fall into political lines rather than following what the Bible says. Um, well, and let's just be real. A lot of people in the church have abused that value. I know that's our church's value, but have right. abused, our values come from the Bible. Oh, yeah. And they have abused that, and that's why you have those pastors driving around in Ferraris and their wife's got Gucci bags and this and that. Why are you talking about you my know, family? I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen your shoes. There's no way you got money. <laughs> if you want to see them, go to my Instagram because they cost me, like, nothing. Like five. They are not the off whites. No, they are not. When I don't see you at Goodwill anymore, then I'm gonna start to worry. Well, I don't. I don't like this. I don't do Goodwill. My mom. My mom dragged me there every day as a kid. I just. I send Nicole Hobbled for me to Goodwill if I need something. She's your ambassador for Goodwill. (laughs) Goodness, but no, but but we value meeting people's needs in order to help them grow in Christ. So I don't think, and this is where I I don't like the phrase. You know, don't. You know, we're in the of the world because it causes a separation mm-hmm. rather than, no, 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 we're, we're already not of it. This is not our kingdom. This is not our home. I mean, First Peter even says that you're citizens of heaven. You're citizens of places not here. When Pilate um, was talking with Jesus, he said, what are you, the king of the Jews? And, Pilate, and Jesus was like, nope, this kingdom, my, my kingdom is not of this world. So we're already not of this world. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact of we have to pull ourselves out. Right. We already know that our starting point's not in the world, but we're called to go into it. And um, and this is what I really like about that book, uh, The Next Christian, um, by Gabe. Now, I will say, this, it wasn't until halfway through that I finally said, I can do, I, I, I can track with him, because I didn't like where yeah. he was going at first. Um, but in that book, he says that everything we do as Christians, it's all the gospel. We want to give people a taste of the kingdom. So when we're out doing yard cleanups, we're out doing these things, and people ask, hey, so, so, so why are you even doing this? It's the fact of, well, I mean, God showed his love to us, so you want to show his love to the rest of the world. Have, right. have, have you heard about Jesus? So yeah. he even said, you know, there's the two distinctions in churches, and the, and the church that likes to abuse, in my opinion, use this as their, their banner, their calling card. They're the separatists, the bubbles, where it's, no, 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 no. Our only job is to be over here, and if you want to come with us, that's that's cool. Just make sure you show us your heaven ticket and your suit and tie before you walk in. <laughs> and then there's the other church where it's like, hey, let's put on a YouTube concert, give you some warm, fuzzy feelings. Do we talk about the Bible? Maybe. I mean, we don't yeah, have to. I mean, let's let's make sure we do our Adele song before we do anything else. Exactly. So. and uh, Or even Simpsons. I've heard of churches doing that. Um, yeah, I've seen the American Idol one on YouTube before where like they've done like a little play on American Idol like back in the day. Oh, like, snap. They did like a skit. That's old American, school. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but, but even here in South Bend, we got a coffee shop where it's quote unquote, I'll, I'll say quote unquote, it's quote unquote Christian base, and fifty percent of the proceeds go back right back into the community, which mm-hmm. is cool. But they don't tell anybody about Jesus. They just right. want to be a coffee shop that sells good coffee, and it's a place for people just to come be themselves. That's what they right. say. No biblical truth at all to it. Um, but as Christians, we're called to, yes, go in the world, be the hands and feet of Jesus, meet people where they are, 
and not view them as projects, but just like Jesus did with the sinners, he went to the sinners, not just to party and have a good time. Well, that's who he surrounded himself right. with. Right. He was, Jesus was a friend of sinners, but it wasn't to have that as his label. That's what, that's what outsiders gave him. Yeah. He didn't give that. If Jesus said, what were you doing, Jesus? He said, I came for the broken. Mm-hmm. And that's what Christians, I think, are called to do. Is if we if we get rid of this us versus me, men, us versus them mentality, rather, and start thinking of no, they're a person who needs Jesus just like I do every day. Right. I think it completely changes the mindset. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, going back to the firefighter analogy, imagine everybody in that burning house is your family. Would you really want to leave them there, or would you want to go back in for them? And we're all made in the image of God. Right. Exactly. We're all His creation. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time. Saying, yep, I'm okay with some people going, and uh, you know, some people that person, the, yeah, you know, if, if 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 they don't make they, it, that's they high. dress funny, and so I, I'm not going <laughs> to. They got Jesus tattoos with them. and a yeah. weird haircut, and then that's when you read the Apostle Paul. I don't know what verse it is. It's where he said, um, "I would rather me suffer in hell mm-hmm. than any Jew suffer in hell. I'd rather every Jew know Jesus, and I take that punishment for them." Yeah, that's a hard one. I don't know to if I can say that. Right? I don't know if I can say <laughs> I, Yeah, that. I don't know if I could go. I was, God bless you, Paul. <laughs> He's the GOAT. So so let's let's wrap up the conversation. Is there anything you want to get off your chest, Fuller, before we go to your closing thoughts? Uh I just again I want to reiterate that that we're called to be in the world, not of the world. So the statement behind that is um not to carry the worldly values. Mm, there we go. Uh, the values that the world holds, we are called to be out of those. And I believe that's what the that Jesus is talking about there, that we're not supposed to be like the world, but we're supposed to be in the world and helping the world and, and showing the world um, the light of Christ. That's kind of the last. I just want to make sure that that point is reiterated over and over and over and over, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Not glorify you, but glorify your Father. So I like that. What about you, buddy? Oh, goodness. I mean, I want to make sure people know that I'm not saying go do whatever the heck you want to do and it's okay. And I'm not also saying, you know... um, go sin so that way people can come to know Jesus either. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but what I'm trying to say is give people the taste of the kingdom. Let your lifestyle, it's the other thing too, is let your lifestyle match your message and also know where your starting place is. Um, yeah. I'll read this last quote. I'm a sucker for quotes. I apologize. Um, but a pastor actually of Mayor Community Church, never heard of it until a little bit ago, um, he said this on one of his blogs when uh, one of his church members actually asked him the same question of how should Christians interact with our current culture. He said, um, if Christians still live this way, which was going out and actually living like Jesus, um, if Christians still live this way and we're still characterized by this kind of mentality that we are sent into the world, we might find the church regaining her prophetic voice, having something real and substantial to say to a culture that insists on sliding into a moral abyss. When our lifestyle matches our message, perhaps the cultural relevance we have been seeking will be rediscovered, only to realize that as long as we remain faithful to God and his words, we will always be relevant. Man, that's... That's it, bro. That's what it's all about. So as we end today's podcast, it's time for a laugh, Fuller. 
Do you have a joke or something fun that we I've can actually, end this with? I've actually got a fun fact today. Oh, fun facts with Chris Fuller. Oh, you know it. So, uh, did you know the biggest Dalmatian litter ever was 18 puppies? So there weren't 101 of them, but a dozen and a half, born in the summer in Australia, and are insanely adorable. Look at that photo right there. I know you guys can't see it, but aren't those some cute puppies right there? Dalmatians. I Dalmatians love dogs. are cute. I'm a dog. I'm not a dog guy, puppies? but I'm a sucker for puppies. 18. Eighteen puppies in a litter. Wow! Can you imagine the food cost of that? But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, nope, I ain't gonna do it. I can't even afford the food cost of one puppy. That's, that's why like, I have one. That's like eighteen fifty-pound bags of dog food a week. And Dalmatians ain't little. No, they, they grow they put big. It away. They they put it away. I had to do the Dalmatian because they're like the mascot for the firefighters and all the firefighting analogies that I did. I like today, that. You know? I like that. Well, hey, that's the way to end the podcast. So Fuller, thanks for thanks for hanging out again, bro. Well, I appreciate you, you. I appreciate you a lot, bro, dude. I appreciate you, and I appreciate what we're up to 65 listens so far. On, on just episode, on episode one. one. Just episode one. Dude, thank you so much for listening. Please come back and join us again. And, br- you know, bring us coffee, too. And drink coffee with us. That's it. All right. See you guys later. See you.